Father God, we, we just thank you for your presence in this morning, this, uh, in this place this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you were doing and what you, you have done in our lives this morning. Thank you for the chains that have been broken. Thank you for the, the people who've been set free. Thank you, Lord God, for the understanding that you are implanting in our hearts of who you are, of how sovereign you are, of how mighty you are, of how powerful you are. And Holy Spirit, we just want to honor you this morning and thank you for what you're doing among us. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for the freedom that you bring. The word says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the Spirit of the Lord is here in this place. And the Spirit of the Lord lives in each and every person who has believed that Jesus is their Lord. So there is freedom in the name of Jesus. Father, we just pray that you would continue to teach us this morning. Continue to do what you want to do in this place this morning. Lord God, have your way in us. And we just pray that your word would reveal the truth that you want it to reveal. And Lord, have your way in me. Have your way through me to us this morning. yesterday, today, and forever. The power that God had when he created the world and created the universe is the same power that he still has. It's not like he had a limited resource of this power and he used it all then and used it all like when Jesus, he's the same God with the same power and the same spirit that wants to continue to work in us. And we've seen this morning just a little taste of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. There's people this morning who, who have received freedom from something that has been binding them and things that have been holding them back and hindering them in their relationship with God, hindering them in their relationship with, with their spouses, with their children. God has set people free in this place this morning because that's what his word says he will do. And we've been talking about we've been talking about the early church. And how God, uh, how the Holy Spirit in the early church was just such an important part of what they did. That there were miracles and, and, 
and there were prophecies and, and, and there was all the things that scripture talks about were constantly, continually happening within the early church and that over the course of history, um, because men are stupid, uh, that has that kind of faded away and, and we started to look at God differently and we started not to focus on the power of God and His Spirit and what He wanted to do and what He wanted to pour out and we started to focus too much on how, how much we think we understood about God and how much we understood about uh, who we are in Him and that men are just so great and, and there are people today that, that there's a whole thing and I've talked about it a little bit before called uh, progressive Christianity where essentially they believe right that because we are now further along in history and we've had more time to learn things and more time to study and uh, and, and 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 that we know better than the disciples knew back then because they were primitive and they were ancient and they were old and they were dumb and they believe that we know more now and, and so they say that we can't actually trust the word of God because these men weren't smart enough to actually know the truth but we now because we're so much better we, we know better than that right but it's just such a lie everything that we need to know about about God is in his word. There is no other source on this earth other than the word of God that will teach us what we need to know. It's the word of God. You can read other books, and, and which is a great thing to do. And you can listen to preachers, which is also a good thing to do. But if anything that those books say or anything that a preacher says doesn't line up with what you know the word of God says, then throw it out because it's, it's rubbish. But it doesn't matter how good it may sound in the moment and how much you might go, well, I wish that were true. If you know it doesn't line up with the Word of God, throw it out. Because that will not help you and that will not help God's church in these days that we're in. Right? And Dan shared a little bit about that this morning. And it would be ignorant of any of us to kind of try and put that out of our mind and say, oh, well, that's, you know, it's still a way off. And we don't know the day, right? We, we know that and we understand that. But we see, you can see what's going on in the world. And people need Jesus, right? People need Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit. The, the church needs the power of the Holy Spirit to be flowing through it like it was in the early days so that people can come into this place and be set free by the power of God. Not be set free by some nice sounding music or set free by some weird looking preacher up the front. It's set free by the power of God and His Holy Spirit that is still at work within the lives of all believers today and will be for the length of that the earth exists, for the length of time that the earth exists, right? So again, that, that, that's what we've been looking at over the last little while. What it looked like for the early church and how, and how they went about being messengers of the gospel of truth and living out the reality of the kingdom of God on earth. Right? And we found by looking at both scriptures, uh, at the scriptures as well as documented and credited early church historians from the 3rd and 4th centuries, that the early church was most well known for the power of God that was outworked through all believers. Yes, they took care of widows and yes, they took care of the poor and they fed the poor and they did all that. But you read these historians and what they're writing about, these things that they're writing in the letters to the people who are oppressing them and the things that they've written down in history books for us to read today are not that they fed 6,000 people in this town and helped 150 widows in this area. They wrote down what the Spirit of God was doing 
doing in them. They wrote down about the miracles and the power being outworked. And it's not that helping the widows and the poor isn't important because that's what the church is called to do. But what mattered to pass on to the next generation so that, so that the church would hopefully never forget was that the power of God is what makes us who we are. The power of God is what makes us Christians. The Holy Spirit at work within our lives is what separates us from every other religion and belief system on the face of the planet. The power of the God who created the universe being outworked through his people to bring life, to bring freedom, and to impart truth. And these things were happening all all throughout the history of the early church. In the forms of miracles, healings, people being raised from the dead, prophetic words being spoken, people being set free and delivered from demonic oppression, as well as being known for the great love that the church had for all people as a result of their understanding of how Christ loved them. And an understanding that God himself had come to earth and had given his life as, uh, had given his life as an atoning sacrifice on the cross for the redemption of our sins. And in the same way, Okay, this is important for where, we, where I feel we need to go today. In the same way that the disciples and the apostles had fallen in love with Jesus while he was on earth, right? Jesus as a man, Jesus as God, they'd fallen in love with Jesus while he was on earth. The early church were now, in essence, in love with the Holy Spirit the same way. The expression of God on earth was still present. But now instead of being through Jesus, it was coming through the Holy Spirit. So the early church, again, there's, there's some of these guys that walked with Jesus, did the whole journey with him, watched him die, um, saw him, you know, raised up after that spoke with him watched him ascend into heaven and now the Holy Spirit is on earth and and is in them and that they fall in love with him the same way they did with Jesus and that's that's important and that's where we're kind of going to go today not only did the early church love the Holy Spirit they also fell in love with the work that the Holy Spirit did. They fell in love with the work that the Holy Spirit did. And so the, the, the title of my message today is Learning to Love the Work of the Holy Spirit. Something that, that, that is, it's just always struck me, right, in in, in, in in reading scripture, uh, in regards to the apostles, disciples, uh, and the early church as a result, but it, it is, is the waiting period that was required of them after Jesus' ascension until they could once again go out and outwork the power of God uh, in their ministry of the gospel. It's always interested me, and I've always been like, okay, I, I want to understand why. But so let's just read uh, Acts chapter 1. Verse four to eight. This is just telling us about that about that waiting period. Oh, sorry, Acts chapter one, verses four to eight. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, 
but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, uh, all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. <coughs> so read that last part again. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to all the end of the earth. So again, the thing that always got me is is the necessity of this waiting period. Because think about this, these same men who are now being told to wait for the the power to come before they can go out and spread the gospel and have the power of the Holy Spirit, these same men had had already walked with Jesus. These same men had already had the power of God outworked through their lives. You can read it through the Gospels. Jesus sends them out and they go into the cities and they go into the town and they preach the Gospel and people are saved. They cast out demons. They lay their hands on the sick and they're healed. We read about it in the Scriptures. These are the men that did that very thing. The power of God was being outworked through them while Jesus was on the earth, right? And and even Jesus sent them out into towns and He wasn't with every single one of them but the power of God was in them and the power of God was with them and they were going out and they were healing and they were praying and they were preaching and they were doing all this stuff, right? These same men, but now they're being told to wait, wait in Jerusalem until the power comes upon you, meaning what? Meaning in that period of time, they had no power in them. There would have been no point, no purpose in them going out and preaching, doing anything because they had no power. They'd seen miracles happen by the power of God through their hands. They'd cast out demons from those who were there. But at this time, Jesus is basically saying to them, right now, you do not have the power in you that you had while you worked and walked with me. These men were able to see the power of Jesus outworked in their lives, right, while they were with Jesus. They were able to see the power of Jesus outworked in their lives because of their relationship with him and because of the love that they had for him because of the understanding that they got because of the relationship with him and how close they were to him because of that relationship because they were so in love with Jesus and because they they were so in love with the work that Jesus was doing that same power was able to be outworked through them right read this with me John 14 12 through to 18 most assuredly I say to you he who believes in me the works that I do he will do also and greater works than these he will do because I go to my father and Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Jesus is saying to the disciples here that that essentially it's better for Jesus to go. 
It's for the benefit of the disciples and it's for the benefit of the rest of the world for Jesus to go so that the Holy Spirit can come, so that the Spirit of truth can come, so that the Spirit of power can come. Jesus is saying like, what you've done with me and and what we have done is but a glimpse of what will happen when the Spirit of God comes upon all people, when the Spirit of God comes upon all flesh and He pours it out and and so now... The power of God is not just within Jesus and these men who had gone sent, gotten sent out. But now once the Holy Spirit comes, it's going to be poured out upon all flesh. And all believers, all Christians, all who love God will be filled with that same power that was in these disciples when they did the work that they were doing. Right? But it came as a result while they were with Jesus because of the love that they had for Jesus. And also the love that they had for the work that he was doing. And the work that that he did. Think about this for a minute. Why did they love, why did these men and the people of that time love the work that Jesus was doing? And, And we can look at him and go, well, he's doing miracles and he was healing people and all this incredible stuff. But there's so much more to it to why these men and the people of that age loved the work that Jesus was doing. They loved Jesus, but, but the work that he was doing. For the Israelite people, right, Jesus was and still is the culmination of all that their scriptures spoke about a Messiah who was to come in the flesh. Right, and, and the scriptures spoke about that, that that when the Messiah comes, essentially the nation of Israel will be restored to what it once was. Will be restored to the former glory that they once had. Will be restored to the former position that, that they held with God. For these men and for the nation of Israel, it wasn't just about the miracles that were being outworked. And it wasn't just about people being healed. And it wasn't just about a message of the gospel. It was a fulfillment of all that their scriptures had been telling them for generations. About how God was going to come and he was going to restore them to who, to, to who they once were in him. Right? And so they loved the work that Jesus was doing because it was a fulfillment of the promise of restoration that God had made over the Israelite people. He was restoring the covenant relationship that had been made. He was redeeming the Israelite people. And so yes, they loved Jesus and they loved the miracles and they loved all that, but they loved the work that Jesus was doing because he was restoring the nation of Israel to who they were supposed to be. But he was doing so much more than that. And we can, I won't get into it all, but they, they didn't really understand how Jesus was doing what he was doing because the, the Israelite people and even uh, his own disciples kind of believed that Jesus would come and he would overthrow Rome. That, 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 that's how he would set them free, that he would overthrow the Roman Empire and kick Rome out and Israel would be free to just be who they, they were again. But that's not how Jesus did it. He didn't come in, he didn't kick out Rome, he didn't wipe out Rome. But God did what only he could do in restoring his people through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. To restore his people to the relationship that he once promised them and made that covenant promise with them that they would have. And so these guys, they loved Jesus, but they loved the work that he was doing. Because he was restoring the nation of Israel. 
and now with, with Christ gone, having, having died, having been risen, having now ascended to heaven to sit alongside the Father, these same men, and Jesus, you know, when he's talking to them, okay, you've seen all that, you've experienced all that, you've seen the power, you've outworked the power, you're going to be my witnesses to, to all the world. However, wait. Don't move, don't do anything, don't go, don't step out. Wait. Wait until the power comes. John 16, 7 through 15. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged I still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now however when he the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will tell you things to come He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has in mind, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Jesus is is giving insight to the people he's speaking to here about the work that the Holy Spirit will do when he's on earth right and let me just read them again for you it says and when he has come he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. He says, I still have many things to say to you, but you you can't bear them now. However, when he comes, when the spirit comes, his work will be to guide you in all truth. For he will not speak on his own authorities, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. The work of the spirit on earth and, and, and a lot of us have read the, the scriptures that talk about the gifts of the spirit and what he will bring and what he will release those things as well are the work of the spirit here on earth the gift of prophecy and miracles and healings and deliverance and people being set free all of this stuff is the work of the Holy Spirit right this is what he was sent here to earth to do this is Jesus had to die for the redemption of of, of our sins, right? His blood was the atoning sacrifice for our sins, but he was risen again and he was back on earth, right? And he, he could have stayed that way, but he had to go so that the Holy Spirit could come, so that the work of the Holy Spirit could be done on this earth. Because this, what the Holy Spirit does, is not what Jesus was here to do. Jesus, Jesus did what he was here to do, and he died for us, and he set us free, and he rose again, and he overcame death so that we could have freedom and we could be restored. But the Holy Spirit is the one who is here now. The Holy Spirit is the one who is working in this earth. The Holy Spirit is the one who dwells inside each and every one of our hearts according to the word of God. Yo, 
and look it up for yourself. Right? He lives and dwells in, within us, and it's His power that is outworked on this earth to convict the world of sin, to reveal the power of God, to reveal truth to all of us, to bring healing, to bring miracles, to set people free. Which is what Kieran was, was, was all about. And these guys were all about this morning. People being set free. And this is the work that the Spirit does, right? But do we love the work that the Holy Spirit does? Do we love the Holy Spirit like we love Jesus? Do we love the Holy Spirit the same way that we love Father God? Because that's an important question. Right? These disciples who, who heard Jesus say these words, right? they loved Jesus while he was on earth. They loved the work that he did. But now he's gone. He's ascended. They watched him ascend. He's in heaven with the Father. And the last thing they heard from Jesus was, well, wait, wait for the power to come. They didn't know what it was going to look like. They didn't know what it was going to feel like. They didn't know how it was going to come. He didn't tell them how long they had to wait. He just said, wait. And then they're sitting in the upper room, right? And the Bible says that like a rushing wind, the Holy Spirit came tongues of fire were on the heads of all of these people in the upper room. They started speaking in languages, right? And I'm not going to go into that, but that's, it, it's incredible. The, the languages that they were speaking, right, in, in all these different languages, and in Jerusalem, maybe I am going to go there, and in, in Jerusalem, at, at that time, right, Jerusalem was, it was a harbor, and there's like people from everywhere, people from all over the world in Jerusalem, and the languages that came upon these people that they were speaking were, were were not a language to God. It wasn't a tongue that was speaking only to God like, like, like we, we, we talk about. But what was happening, all of these men, the tongues of fire were causing them to speak in, a lang- in all of the languages of all the other nations of the people who were in Jerusalem. And all the other people of all the other nations are hearing in their own home language the truth of Jesus Christ be preached to them, right? And so they gather around all these people from all these nations are gathering, hearing in their own language the truth of the gospel being preached because of the power of the Holy Spirit that had just come upon the apostles and the disciples in the upper room. And even more interestingly than that, right, because the Bible actually names all of the nations who were present there in Israel and all the languages that, that are speaking. If you go back in Scripture, go back to the Tower of Babel, right? When, uh, when the you know, people are all as one and God comes down and He confuses them and He sends them out into all the earth, okay? All of the nations that came about as a result of the Tower of Babel are now the same nations that are being spoken to in their own language in Jerusalem when the power of the Holy Spirit comes. Right? And we can read it and go, wow, they're speaking in all these languages. That's cool. That's powerful. And it is. But how much do we, do we miss when we don't understand that? It's so much bigger. It's so much greater. He's so much more powerful than we can ever even begin to understand. And this is the Holy Spirit at work on this earth. And so the same way that the disciples love Jesus, they experience this power that comes upon them. And and immediately they know that this is what they've been waiting for. And immediately they fall in love 
with the Holy Spirit. And I believe that in that moment, they also fell in love with the work that the Holy Spirit was now doing. Because things that had never happened before were starting to happen right there, the moment that this power came. And so now they have the Holy Spirit. And they're learning to love the Holy Spirit just as they love Jesus. And learning to love the work that the Holy Spirit is here to complete. That we would again see the fullness of the power of God outworked in their lives. Because of the Holy Spirit. So again, here's something for us. Do we truly love the Holy Spirit? Two questions. And do we truly love the work that He does? Because if I'm totally honest, I think for a long time, I, 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 did, I did not love Holy Spirit in the same way that I love Jesus or the Father. I always knew He was there, but I, I, didn't, I didn't love Him the same way because I, 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 just, I just didn't understand. You see, because it's easy to love Father God who created everything. He created the world. He created the universe. Father God breathed life into us, right? And Jesus, obviously, we know what he did and why it's easy for us to love him. God came in flesh, died on a cross, sacrificed himself, poured out his blood so that we could be restored in our relationship to God. Right? He, he, Jesus literally gave his life for us so that we could know him. But it just seemed different with the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like, Dude, what have you done for me? But but over time, I've realized more and more all the the work that the Holy Spirit does. And I've learned to recognize how lost we would be without Him. And without the work that the Holy Spirit does, the church would be powerless. And we need to understand that the Trinitarian God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they, they are one. And so for us to, to love this one or these two more than this, like it, it, it actually doesn't make sense for us not to love Him. And so we need to learn to love the work that the Spirit is doing. And Here's a challenge going back to the verse we read about what Jesus said that the Spirit was going to do. One of the things, he's coming to convict the world of sin. Not to condemn the world, two different things, coming to convict the world of sin. And so, Holy Spirit comes and he convicts us and he drops something in our heart. He's like, I want you to work on this. I want you to stop doing this, right? It's not really a nice feeling. And we may be feeling uncomfortable and I don't really want to do that. And so it's not as easy to say, oh, I love the Holy Spirit because when he comes and when he touches me, he usually wants me to work on something and he usually wants me to fix something in my life, right? But those of you who, who, who know and those of you who have worked with the Holy Spirit and those of you who, 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 who have been obedient and who have done what he's told you to do, the freedom 
freedom that comes as a result of being obedient to the Holy Spirit, that feeling of freedom and liberty and life that you get when you finally overcome that thing that He's been telling you to work on in your life is unlike anything else. And it's in that moment, I think, that you can realize, hang on, I love the work that the Holy Spirit is doing because now I'm free. What was once holding me back and oppressing me and hindering me, I'm now free from. And so learning to love the work of the Holy Spirit is what I believe we as a church need to do, right? We love Father God because of what He's done. We love Jesus because of all that He's done. And we need to learn to love Holy Spirit the same way in the work that He has done in us and the work that He is doing now all across the earth as He's pouring out His Spirit, right? We need to learn to love the work of the Holy Spirit. Let me read you a few quotes, right? This first one from uh, Dwight Moody. The work of the Spirit is to impart life, to implant hope, to give liberty, to testify of Christ, to guide us into all truth, to teach us all things, to comfort the believer and to convict the world of sin. Leonard Ravenhill. But have we Holy Spirit power? Power that restricts the devil's power, pulls down strongholds and obtains promises? Daring delinquents will be damned if they are not delivered from the devil's dominion. What has hell to fear other than a God-anointed, prayer-powered church? I don't know about you, but that one was powerful. I'm going to read that again. But have we Holy Spirit power? Power that restricts the devil's power. Pulls down strongholds. And obtains promises. Daring delinquents will be damned if they are not delivered from the devil's dominion. What has hell to fear other than a God anointed, prayer powered church? The work of the Spirit. Last one from Andrew Murray. Men ought to seek with their whole hearts to be filled with the Spirit of God. Without being filled with the Spirit, it is utterly impossible that any individual, that any individual Christian or a church can ever live or work as God desires. We need to love the Holy Spirit. We need to love the work that he does. And I'm going to finish in a minute. But a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that, you know, churches have kind of got away um, from the things of God and, and the things of the Spirit. And rather than being obedient to him and letting the Spirit flow in churches, we, we've kind of shut him down and said, no, we're not going to do that. And we're going to make sure that new people feel safe and they feel comfortable when we come in. And so we're not going to pray. We're not going to believe for people to be delivered in like we're going to hide it away but the Holy Spirit cannot be hidden away the work of the Holy Spirit is not designed to be hidden away by us because maybe we're going to make somebody feel uncomfortable but you know what if they're feeling uncomfortable encountering the power of God at least they're encountering the power of God because nothing else is going to change them except the power of God nothing else is going to bring freedom to their lives other than the work of the Holy Spirit as the message of the gospel of Jesus is preached and the power of the Spirit is outworked through our church in the lives of everybody who steps through that door and not just everybody who steps through that door but this whole community will need needs a touch from the Holy Spirit and who's going to give it to them? 
because of the work of the Spirit in us. If you know someone who is sick and unwell, pray for them. Lay hands, ask, ask them first. Ask, is it okay? And then if they say no, just do it in your own private time, right? But ask them and pray for them and believe for them to be healed. If you know that you yourself or somebody you know is being held back and there's some sort of demonic oppression, and I don't mean like, you know, you're necessarily seeing things or or, or whatever, but you know that there's something in your life that you just cannot break free from, then pray and get people together and pray. Come and see us and we'll pray. It's something that a few of us have been seeking for the last little while and we've seen people set free from things. Me personally have been set free from something that has been hindering me and oppressing me for years that I didn't understand but I've been free from it now for nearly two months and it hasn't been an issue because God and the power of the Holy Spirit delivered me from what I needed deliverance from. This morning we witnessed people in this place delivered and set free from things that have been holding them back, that have been causing them mental harm and mental stress, that have been hindering their families, that have been hindering their relationship with God and their is freedom in Jesus' name because of the work of the Holy Spirit here on earth in this place today. My personal belief is that if we want to see all these things that we are claiming we want to see, like the miracle working power of God poured out upon our church and our community, we need to desperately fall in love with the Holy Spirit and desperately fall in love with the work that He does. back to Kieran and these guys will finish on the song to do what you want uh, while they're doing that um, if anyone else wants, wants prayer like let's let's make the most of this moment that we have with God and I'll stay here all day if I have to if people keep coming for prayer if it gets to 10 days you know I might need a break in there at some point but uh, we've got people who can come you know whatever but let's 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 done. Um, let's just do what God wants to do this morning. So Father God, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for what you've been doing and what you still want to do here in this place today. Lord, we want to be obedient to you. And Holy Spirit. We just want to ask for forgiveness if we haven't been loving you the way that you deserve to be loved. You, you are you are God. Holy Spirit, we love you. We love the work that you do on this earth. We love the work that you do in us and pray that you would continue to do what only you can do in us and through us that the world may see the power of God in all that you do. In Jesus' name.